2: we ready <laughs> 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 Whew. Look at you Yeah, yeah. Look at you everywhere. I see in the store. I see <laughs> I go on to my websites and I see oh there's Jillian on the beach. There's Jillian at the um, market. I what know. the hell's
0: I, happened? I don't know, dude. It's the, it's the strangest thing in the world. It's like the paparazzi are just following, at at the moment, they're following us everywhere. And I used to say to people all the time, it's so funny, I was like, you know what? You can avoid that. You can avoid that paparazzi stuff. It's really easy. Like, you stay out of trouble, or you don't, like, you don't go on the radar. If you're on the radar, then, yeah, you give them a reason to follow you. Or... You go where paparazzi are. So if you're thinking, you know, right. like they're going to be outside of certain clubs. They're going to be outside of certain restaurants. You can pretty much guarantee that if, if you want to get photographed, you just get done up and you go to those places. And the more you get photographed, the more on the radar you are. And I had thought that by giving People Magazine the pictures of the kids that, that we wouldn't be followed. <laughs> Um, and it turns out, you know, that's not the case. And and they've been they've been outside of my house. Those pictures you saw on the beach—that's my house. It's like, oh, Jillian Michaels takes daughter to the beach. I'm like, no, that's our house. That's, that's my backyard. That's my backyard. <laughs> that you're. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, there. It's wild. We can't. And the weird thing about it is just here's what I find interesting about the whole thing, is that it makes Heidi and I kind of anxious because we feel like everyone's always watching us, and God forbid we make a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, sure. If you put the... You know, there's like a, a bassinet that goes on a stroller, and I remember Curtis Stone had put it on the wrong way. And he was getting ripped apart in some magazine for putting the bassinet on the stroller the wrong direction. And we just... So now we're sort of paranoid because we're thinking like, oh my God, what if... What if it's like, uh, you know, you know, Jillian Michaels buckles Carsey wrong way or Jillian, my- you-, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we just feel kind of paranoid. And the other day, like, we got out of the car and we went to take Lou to get her nails done. And then Heidi was like, oh, my God, because there were five of them the minute we got out of the car. And Heidi was like, what if they call us irresponsible parents because of the fumes at the nail salon? And, I mean, <laughs> oh these are God. the things that are going... Through our head. And yeah. we've been pretty good. We've been fairly competent, thank God, at least publicly. So like, no one's been able to kind of jump on us. But it got me thinking about how we are so um, vulnerable to the opinions of the outside world. And it's like it makes us second guess ourselves. Mm-hmm. It makes us question ourselves. It makes us not stay in our authentic truth and be instinctual. And it was really funny I was cause, 'cause you guys know that I've been struggling with decisions to make in parenting. Um, and I was I talked to my therapist about it and he said to me, you know, when you make decisions on biggest loser, or when you worked with people, you know, and did you question them the way you questioned this? Like, trust your gut the way you trusted your gut then. And I said, You know, I didn't have skin in the game with biggest loser. For example, it wasn't personal. I wasn't losing sleep. It wasn't it wasn't affecting my life with the kids it's a personal reflection on me it's a personal it affects my life personally how i raise them how i parent them and so it's very hard for me to detach and make decisions without without wondering or worrying what people are going to think or that i'm doing wrong <clears throat> and i'm an expert in weight loss and wellness and diet and exercise i've been doing it for 20 plus years i'm not an expert in parenting in fact i'm an extreme novice and it's just so hard to make those those gut instinct choices when you feel like everyone's watching and you feel like everyone's judging. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is so interesting because normally I'm the kind of girl that's like, I don't care. F you. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I've been that way for a really long time. And it's taken me years to get to that place where I haven't cared at all what people f- – I don't really care what people think. There are moments where it might affect me and then I'm like, eh. That's their issue, not mine. You know, that's their problem. It's not my problem. I'm not going to take it on. And so I've been giving this really simple advice to people of look inside. Don't search for external validation. But all of a sudden now I'm put in this position where I feel like it's compromising my judgment. It's compromising my parenting at times. Like the other day we were at a restaurant. And we were sitting outside because we had this dual stroller, and I had the baby, and I had the toddler, and, you know, there we are. And Lou is having a tantrum because she's two, and she wants French toast. And, you know, it's a whole thing, and we're saying no, and, like, honey, no, you know, and there's photographers and this and that. And what I really wanted to do was use a really stern voice and be like, hey, no, no. You know, when she was, like, grabbing stuff and falling on the ground and throwing. But you second guessed. Well, because I was like, oh, my God, if they get a picture of me being stern with her, then it's going to be, like, Jillian Michaels' biggest loser comes out on daughter. You know, because, you know, I feel like everyone's (laughs) looking for, you know what I'm saying? And by the way, when I was approaching parenthood, don't think that in every interview some a-hole journalist wasn't trying to trap me in a corner by saying, like, are you going to be that way with your kid? And I was like. Really? Like I'm doing a job on The Biggest Loser with people who are truly in life or death situations on a time frame. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not. Really? Do you ask if you're a lawyer, do you interrogate your child? Like, what are you talking about right now? Do you cross examine a two year old? No. But I feel like in those moments, if I parent her the way my gut would be, which would be to like use a real stern voice and set boundaries for her. But instead, I'm like, sweet, sweetheart, please don't throw the, you know, <laughs> throw the <laughs> pancake on mommy. On, on don't mommy. bite the waitress. You know what I'm She's two. <laughs> That's what a two-year-old does. Oh, She's a two-year-old. Like, And it, it's just, I guess what the takeaway is for me here is that for those of you who feel like the world is watching, for those of you who feel uncomfortable going to the gym because you think you're not perfectly fit, for those of you who feel uncomfortable at work because you think you're being judged by coworkers. For those of you who feel uncomfortable in your life because you think you're being judged by family. I I totally get it. I really do. But ultimately, you have to be right with yourself. You have to be right with yourself. And then I started thinking to myself, you know something, the more I don't set boundaries with her publicly, the more she's going to have tantrums publicly, which is just, you know, that's no good either. So at the end of the day, remember when I always say you create the thing you fear the most? By So I'm like, oh my God, I don't want them to catch her having a meltdown or whatever, which by the way, she's two. That's such unfair pressure to put on a two-year-old because of course she's going to have a meltdown. And the more you don't set boundaries, the more tantrums we're going to have and then, of course, and then ultimately they're going to get it. So I guess... I guess I wanted to just say, like, if there is something in your life, if you're so worried about what other people think that it's stopping you from being in your truth or that it's stopping you from uh, doing what you feel you need to do for the betterment of yourself or your family or your career, just say F it. Just tr- really F it. I'm really, huh? F no, it. No,
2: I was going to write that down. It's very interesting it. language you're using. F F it. F it. F yeah.
0: it. It's not really quite the same now, is it? But you understand what I mean. I do. Get my point?
2: I do. No, but you made her you, you know I think we often at least I do anyway. Oh. I will I will uh um I do things because I think it's what people expect me to do. Yes. I do things and it's like you're you're starting you're starting. you're you're second guessing yourself in that restaurant situations because it's what you think. What you think people think
0: you should do? Yes. and it's
2: and it's so untrue. It's just it's just
0: BS. Are they looking for me to like do something wrong or like be the bad guy or be you know a bully to my two year old? Which of course I would never do. But and and ultimately, uh, here is my last piece of advice about this because it, it rings true and it remains true. If somebody is looking at your life and judging you that ultimately that's a projection of their own insecurities. It's just, it's them feeling insecure about the parenting job they're doing, which by the way, how can we not? Let me tell you, how can you not feel insecure about that? There's no right or wrong answer sometimes. It's just, it's a judgment call that you hope is the right one. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. But even again, no matter what aspect of your life, if your coworker judging you for one thing or another, that's their problem. It's their issue. If your family judges you because they think you're, you know, you're a weirdo because you care about being healthy or you pack your own food or, you know, oh, they're, you're on your health kick again or make fun of you. That's, that's their own insecurities about their own health issues. So just try to remember that. And ultimately, I thought to myself, what's really at stake here? So somebody gets a picture of me putting the struggling with the stroller or taking Lou to the nail salon. Like, what, what are they going to do? They can't take my kid from me. I mean, what are they going to do, ruin my career? I mean, I'm really good at what I do. I'm confident in what I do, and I produce results, so probably no. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'll make a mistake, which, by the way, I make tons. And you catch it on camera. Okay,
2: Aren't you just tempted to do something really bad though? Like put her in upside down and just walk down the street. I do. You know what I mean?
0: Like I, I do. You know, just to just to say, look, you, you bastards. I know. Take a picture of this. It's like I kind of, I just do. I've decided that I do what I want to do. So like, Yeah. yeah, it's just like we were on the beach outside of my home, and Lou was running around. Uh, in her diaper and it got like sopping wet And my neighbor was like you know he has a five-year-old and he, he told me he goes let me tell you something you get sand and salt water on that diaper you're gonna have a serious diaper rash a real problem he's like she's she's two take the diaper off and so I was like okay so I you know I was outside playing with her these guys are down the beach with long lenses taking pictures and I was like oh my god I'm gonna get a rash of You know, how dare she? She's a two year old and this and that. But by the way, how twisted that you take pictures of a naked two year old and publish them. But okay. But you know, ultimately, like, it is what it is. She's a two year old. That's so, anyway, that's all I wanted to say. For those of you who feel like it's compromising the quality of your life or your judgment or your decisions or your authentic truth. Try just saying screw it and see what happens. <laughs> Very good. I'm going to try it. Let's all see what happens.
2: Okay, sounds good. What's next? we're uh, going to do some you're going to do a tip.
0: A tip? I think you're going to do tip? a tip. Several tips. Maybe a couple of tips. Okay, all right, I'll we'll, try. We'll be right I'll back. see what I can do.
2: Table in an otherwise empty room. A young girl. Well, yep. What do you want? You want a fitness segment? Fit, I yes. Love some fitness. Okay, fine. Yeah. Something uh, peppy. Peppy?
0: Yep. Alright, well uh, well how can you uh, fitness asked to sort of be peppy. What's it? For? Something kind of dro- something kind of droll. Something kind of Yeah, like something. something I'd like something kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wrong yeah. with you? I don't know. It's, it's fine. I would love for you one day to just be like, I'd like something, like, exhausting. <laughs> something really boring.
2: Oh, would you just do this? Fine.
0: <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, um, I've recently been working on this project that is not going to be out until fall, but... Uh, You know, when you look at the 30 Day Shred, it was a fitness DVD that I put out and it's like people loved this DVD. So uh, I then put out a project called Ripped in 30, a DVD. Same exact principles and philosophies. And for the most part, I have a real system. Same thing with Body Revolution. I have a real system when it comes to my fitness philosophy. And so when we looked at the market and we looked at things like CrossFit or Zumba or Body Pump and all that – I talked to Giancarlo and he, my business partner, and he said, how can we take your philosophy and your principle and turn it into a class, like a fitness movement, so that other trainers can teach it, learn it, and then bring their own style and methods to it? And so I began putting it all down on paper. And I started to go through what I call the factors of change. And it's how I progress a workout from easy to difficult. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not going to go through all of it because it's too much and you guys would be bored and it's a little too technical. It's, it's for trainers, uh, this little manual. But with that said, there are some things that I can impart to our audience so they can progress their own workouts. So here's what I want you to think about. The first thing when you're doing a movement is your range of motion, right? Let's say you're doing a squat. Well, the deeper you get in that squat, the harder it's going to be. So when somebody's first starting out learning a squat, I might put them against the wall in what we call a 90-90. So that they're sitting against the wall and their thighs are parallel to the ground and their shins are perpendicular to the ground and the ceiling. And they're in that position. So they're learning the movement, the muscle movement. Or they might do a squat, but they might sit down on an elevated bench so they're not coming all the way into position, right? They're working on getting a greater range of motion. Or you might start with somebody who's doing a static pose like the 90-90, where they're, they're just holding the, the midpoint position. Well, as you get more fit, the greater your range of motion, the harder the move's going to be. It's the same thing for a lunge. If you can do a lunge and you can drop that back knee like a, you know, a centimeter, From the ground, that's a full range of motion. But then you'll see somebody who's just not that strong and doesn't have that much flexibility and mobility, so they'll do a lunge and the back knee will come five inches from the ground. Okay, so the greater your range of motion, the harder it's going to be. That's the first thing that I want you to start working on, is getting a good, long, full range of motion with good form. Then, when you have that, then you can start adding weights to the equation. So then you can do a squat holding weight or a lunge holding weight, but not until you can master the full range of motion with good form. So once you add weights to the equation, you can vary your resistance. So if you want to make the move harder, you know the more weight you add, the harder it's going to be. There are two things to be mindful of here, though. You don't want to add so much weight that you're compromising your form. That's a no-no. So if you go so heavy that you can't you can't no you can no longer perform your reps with good form, you got to go back down on the weight. And as you modify weight, subsequently you'll probably adjust your repetitions or your time frame. So I like to do timed intervals. But if you're adding more weight, you're going to be doing less reps. If you have less weight, you'll be doing more reps. So remember, those things tend to go hand in hand. Uh, However, weight is a factor of change. It's a factor of resistance. The heavier you go, the harder it's going to be. The next thing is balance and instability. So let's say you're doing a squat, right? Well, try doing a squat on a BOSU ball. Yeah. Or try doing, um, try doing a one-leg squat. Or try doing a, uh, a dynamic alternating lunge. So you're stepping forward and then back and then opposite leg forward and back. And you have that period where you're balancing through the movement, or even doing, let's say, a push-up. And you do your push-up and you raise one arm at the top. By creating these instabilities, standing on one leg, switching to one hand, raising one leg in a pose, uh, doing it on a BOSU ball, by creating this instability, you're making it that much harder because you're having to recruit all your stabilizer muscles, you're using your core more, So that's another factor of change. It's going to make that move a lot harder. With that said, let's look at how you can progress it that much more. You can take a full range of motion, add weight and instability, and now you've exponentially increased your factors of change because you're stacking those resistance factors one on top of the other. So you can do range of motion. You can do range of motion with weight. But then you can do instability but you can add weight to instability as well, making it that much harder. Make sense? Mm-hmm. You following me? Yep. You sticking with me, Janice?
2: Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. I wasn't
0: sure if this was a little too technical for our for our listeners, but no, no, no. Because I have good. Well, it's, it's very technical with the trainers. But okay, so here's another thing that you can think about progressing uh, your speed. Now, I don't want you flying through repetitions, but where you can really increase your speed is the explosive part of a contraction. So, for example. If you're lowering yourself down in a push-up, right, I don't want you to drop to the floor. That's a contraction. It's called an eccentric contraction when you're lengthening the muscles. So as you're lowering yourself down into a push-up position where you're an inch off the ground, you want to control that. But you can get explosive on the concentric contraction where you're pressing back up, the shortening of the muscles. So let's say you're lowering the weights in a bicep curl. That's eccentric. You don't want the weights to fall. You want to control them. You want to use your muscles. But when you're firing the weight back up to the midpoint of your bicep curl, right, with the elbows back and fists are up by the chest, you've done your bicep curl, that part you can get explosive and fast with because it generates power. So speed is a factor of change in intensity. Even when you're doing little cardio intervals, like if you watch my videos, you'll see that I'll I'll modify things both directions. I'll make them easier for people who are just beginning, and I'll make them harder for people who can handle more. And one of the things that I'll manipulate is speed. So let's say they're doing mountain climbers. I have one person step-touching their toes back and forth, one person jump-switching the feet in the middle, and the third one I'll double-time and make them do it at double pace. Bang, 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 jump switching the feet. Well, the faster you go, the harder it is. So you can work speed into your cardio intervals or you can work speed and as explosive strength on the concentric part of your contraction, the shortening of the muscles, the pushing or the pulling part of the weight. Not the lowering of the weight, though, to the start position. Right, because
2: then it just becomes
0: momentum. Then you're You're letting the weight fall and you're compromising your form and you're not controlling the eccentric contraction, which is really important. So speed. But then you also have, think about it, now you've got speed with weight, speed with instability in weight. I can do a move where I'm on one leg holding a pulley in one hand, right? And I'll bend. I'll do a single leg squat, reach the pulley out, straighten my leg to a standing position, and row the pulley in. Well, now I've got instability. I've got resistance because I'm on a free motion machine with weight. And I've got explosive strength because I'm ripping the weight at the top and full range of motion because I'm squatting all the way down. See all my factors have changed. You can stack them. Next, I am, no, you, it's awesome. You you're no, me? No, because I know all,
2: I know you. I know you love to do
0: the insta- the stuff I've seen you do. You you do that a lot, and it's great. Well, it just shows you how to progress yeah. your fitness level, and then how to, how to stack all these factors. Another factor, and I'll make I'll make this the last one because the rest of the stuff I don't I don't want you to do without a trainer. Um, but you can add plyometrics to these moves. So, you, it's essentially adding jump training, even a plyometric push up where you're leaving the ground. But you shouldn't be playing with plyometrics unless you're fit. So, for example, you do your push up, but you can do a push up where you're pressing off the ground or a jump squat.
2: Like in G.I. Jane. Did she do that? I don't think so. But No, she did.
0: Okay. That's a movie you thought of? That movie's like 15 years ago. Well, I was just
2: trying to think of where G.I. Jane is where you went. Okay, when have you, except on your videos, or your videos, <laughs> oh my God, I'm old. Oh, it's my God. I say videos. On your, your babies. I, I say your, that sometimes. Do you?
0: Exercise videos. Oh, sure, goodness, yeah, it's a video. It's shot on video. <laughs>
2: but there's not, you don't see that, you don't see too many, like G.I. Jane and then Linda Hamilton in the beginning to Terminator.
0: She's doing pull-ups.
2: Yeah, but when do you see women doing really tough stuff like that? Uh, I don't know why I brought
0: that I up. I don't know. That's a good quote. Okay, fine. I'm sure G.I. Jane. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, but anyways, that's hard. I don't think uh, I could do
0: that. You absolutely could do that. You've done 50 push-ups in a row. You need a factor of change. You need these factors of change. You should be doing plyometric push-ups. I got another one for you after this, but just cuz you brought that up, I'll I'll show you I'll show you another factor of change is increasing your angle of pull or or uh for example, put your feet up when you're doing your push-up. Your angle oh, of pull by changing your angles. Sometimes you're changing the muscles that you're recruiting, but you can increase—see, this one's a little more complicated, which is why I wasn't going to bring it up, but by changing your angle of pull or push, you can increase intensity. So, for example, with your push-ups, if you elevate your feet Mm -hmm. on a platform, you've now created more resistance because you've got your weight bearing down in a downward motion. So. Uh, another thing you could do is then you can change your angle of push in this particular instance by elevating the feet, hands on the ground, and add plyo to it. Wow, that's awesome. See how you can just stack the factors and it gets exponential. But again, you have to master these one by one before you start stacking them and progressing to the Mm -hmm. next one. So you can always add plyo to your squats, to your lunges, to your push-ups, so that you're adding that spring and that jump motion. But you, again, you have to have the recoil, So that you're, you know, you're rebounding, you're recoiling. It's like a spring. You're doing it properly. You're not getting injured. And then you can start adding things like uh, weights to it. I can even do, so for example, the move I told you about with the single leg squat and the cable row, I can jump in that move. So I can do it with one foot, jumping, explosive row. I can get all my factors of change in that. Instability, added resistance, speed, jump training, all of it with
2: one, but but the what's cool is that the, the the bottom of it is one simple move.
0: It's one yeah, move one with move. all the factors of change. That's how you progress it. So, That's really cool. think about yeah, I don't know that that was peppy, but
2: No, I well I'm quite intrigued.
0: You should be. I am a genius.
2: I know I'm I'm very impressed with I, this. I'm just saying I'm just, this segment gets this segment gets my gold star. It's tough for
0: me to talk about fitness because it's so scientific to me. And I feel like sometimes it gets boring for the average listener. Like I could talk to a trainer about my philosophy and my methodology, but I find that I worry that people are going to get bored. But no. I made it as as sort of accessible as I could. Because
2: we are more fitness savvy. Mm. We are not. Your, we are oh. not the, the 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 going to the gym people that we once used to be. Oh. Because of shows, because of yeah the the videos. Hey. You know, people are more are are okay. far more savvy. Well, good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right. done though. I'm gonna put a big star there. I'm I'm done with oh, this. Oh, yes, okay, we'll stop now. Now what? Now now we talk to the people. Okay. Now we talk to people. Good. Okay. We'll be right back. Come on, baby,
0: kick the dance. Look at them girls with a nice dog song. I want you to. Look at them girls with a nice dog song. Everybody. Okay, we are back, and Dee is waiting for you. Woohoo! Hey, Dee, what's going on? Oh, a lot. <laughs> oh, well, good. I like it. A lot.
1: Tell us some of that, Dee. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that a lot. Well, here's the thing. I've been doing your programs for a long time, okay. and I have lost 34 pounds, which I'm extremely excited about. Yes. Oh, wow,
2: congrats.
1: Yes, I love my JM body. That's what I call it. <laughs> but oh, here's my you. thing. I want my question is I wanted to know how much does genetics play in the role of weight loss, and should we consider that when we're setting our goals?
0: Okay, great question. Um, it plays a big part, uh, which is not to say that you can't achieve uh, next to anything you want for your body. It just means that what is required of you will be different than what is required of another. So, I'll give you an example. Uh, In my book, Master Your Metabolism, I talked about a friend of mine who, I swear to God, the bitch could eat anything she wants (laughs) and never gain a pound, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to bat. In fact, she would have to order, like, everything on the menu because she would lose weight so easily, and I wanted to kill her. My boss is like that. Right? I hate those people. So, with that said... You know, she, she had a great physique, but she could eat anything. I mean, anything and everything. This bitch would eat mac and cheese. I mean, pizza. I, I just wanted to kill her. Now, I can have a great body, but if I even look sideways at mac and cheese, I put on five pounds. And that is genetic predisposition, okay? So um, that and how we store fat has to do with our genetic predisposition because it, it affects our hormone balance. So you'll notice some women store fat in their abdomen, some women store fat in their lower body. This, this all has to do with your genetic predisposition and your unique biochemistry. With that said, you can still be in super-duper shape, okay? But you might have to be more strict with your diet. You might need to work out a little bit harder and a little bit longer. Your metabolism may not be as fast or as resilient As somebody like your boss or my friend. However, the one thing that remains true is that in order to make your biochemistry work for you and work optimally and to maximize its potential, the universal rules apply to all. And it is this simple. You count calories, okay? Because calories in, calories out. That applies to everybody. You don't eat chemicals. The cleaner you eat... The better your metabolism is going to function. So all those things like preservatives, nitrates, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, trans fats, uh, oh God man, plastics, BHT, propylene glycol, blah blah blah. I could go on and on and on. Those those things are labeled obesogens now because they wreck havoc in your hormonal balance. When you look at metabolism, metabolism is biochemistry. Eat your biochemistry, and it's responsible for a host of things, not the least of which is maintaining your body weight. So when you want to throw your metabolism into havoc, eat a bunch of chemicals that disrupt your biochemistry, and that's going to F up your metabolism. So if you want to maximize your metabolism, the cleaner you eat, the better your metabolism is going to function. The more you work out, the better your metabolism is going to function. Because when you're working out, you're releasing fat-burning hormones. You're boosting human growth hormone. You're boosting testosterone. When you're working out, you're releasing serotonin, endorphins. You're essentially setting up your biochemistry to burn fat and maintain muscle. Of course, if you overtrained, you would release stress hormone, which would have the opposite effect. But that, again, is a universal rule that applies to everybody.
1: How do you know what is too much? Because that kind of leads into... The second part of the question is, mm-hmm. is it safe for you to work out hard, you know, more than once a day? And when I say hard, this is what I mean. Like, I I get up in the morning, I start my day doing the 90-day body revolution, and because I'm so hung up on the fact that everything else in my body is not away, way, except for my buns, hips, and thighs, I come home in the evening, and I do your bun, hips, and thighs workout with plenty weight. <laughs> <like, laughs> okay. With, uh, kettlebell. I, it, I can't. I mean, like, my junk in my trunk. It looks good. It's shaping up, but it's... Oh, no. Okay. My waist getting smaller, it's getting
0: bigger. All right. Okay. Here's... With Body Revolution, I I do not want you doing extra resistance training. If you Uh, wanted to do cardio, that would be okay. Like, if you wanted... That's why... You know the... Okay. So, you know with Body Revolution, you get a cardio DVD for every two weeks? Right. If you want to throw the cardio DVD in at the end of the day, Okay. But with Body Revolution, there's a reason that I train – I have you train certain muscles on certain days and do certain exercises on certain days and then certain days where you don't do them. And that's because I'm conscientiously building in recovery periods. Uh So if you're going and you're doing more and then you do it again the next day, you're not ever giving those muscles a chance to rebuild and recover. So, yeah, they're going to be swollen. They're going to be sore. You're not going to get the best results. If you want to do cardio, that's okay because it's less, it's less of a stress on those muscles. So if you wanted to say, th- okay, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to get on the elliptical. I'm going to do some, you know, swimming, whatever. I'm okay with you adding that in. Um, but I don't want you repeatedly training muscles because you're not allowing for recovery time. So, that, so that's why like with Body Revolution, don't mess with my muscle splits. I, I'm a real bitch about it. I, I I want that program the way that I want it. Don't if you want to get that extra burn, throw in the cardio DVD or do some extra cardio on a piece of equipment. But I do not want that. I want okay. I want my recovery. It's very, very important. And this would apply to anything you do. This is this is um okay, so for example. Somebody in the real world who's training hard or doing, every day I do boot camp, well, that's a problem because you're never letting the muscles recover. Or uh, one day I do boot camp and the next day I do yoga. Well, I do wish people would be more conscientious about the muscles that they're training because if you're doing boot camp and you've done like all these crazy push-ups in boot camp and then the next day you go to yoga, well, obviously you've got you know, all your up dog, down dog, planks. You're working the same muscles without recovery. So in a perfect world, You look at the muscles that you're training and you'd say, okay, I did chest, I did shoulders, I did triceps, I did quads, I did abs. You wouldn't train those muscles again for two days. You train them twice a week and rest for two days in between training. And if you look at body revolution, that's how it's set up. So it's, you know, Monday and Thursday you do those splits. Tuesday and Friday you do another split. The other days you do your cardio so that the muscles have the recovery but you're still working out. That's why Body Revolution is a system, but I and it's my fitness philosophy incarnate in that program. There's a whole lot more to it. That is one part of the equation, and so uh, overtraining can also be you just going to the gym for two hours, beating the crap out of yourself. And people will say, well, you know, Biggest Loser, they trained for six to eight hours. You know what? Seven of those six to eight hours was walking. Rowing. I would create cardio stuff, but I would, you know, I would do it where, okay, guys, you have two hours of low intensity cardio here, then you break, rest, and sleep, so I can diminish stress hormone. Then, you know, later you've got two hours of this kind of cardio, so I could inhibit repetitive stress on the. Mo- I mean, there was a whole science to that. That's not accessible. It's not everyday life training. So, again, I I prefer at the most people train an hour, six times a week. And a half an hour, if done right, is enough. And if you want to add that extra half an hour onto Body Revolution, make it cardio.
1: Okay. Okay? All right. Well, that answers my question. And are you following
0: the diet, by the way?
1: I am the best I can within my budget. I'm okay. I'm a mom. I got two boys. And by the way, congratulations to you oh, on Mother's
0: Thanks so, so- much.
1: I have to. I, I I do what I can at the grocery store because I know they need certain things to, yeah. for their development, and I need things for my diet. So I, I do the best <laughs> I can. <laughs> when I, when I can. It's so funny how expensive like produce are. Back in the day, I remember when I was growing up, produce was very cheap. I know. Now it's extremely expensive. So
0: I know. I know. You know what? Um, question for you. Do you have any sort of growing area where you could put a grow box, even if it's just um a balcony anything like that yes you know try growing it's this is going to sound crazy but heidi is like a crazy organic gardener and she put like little grow boxes in our yard at the city and it's like unbelievable we put out 50 pounds of produce and I, I give it away because we don't need it because we have the money to afford it. So I give it to, like, my housekeeper and I give it to, um, you know, my gardener, my pool guy, people who I know are, like, struggling. But okay. it's incredible how much—it sounds like a pain, but it's actually not that hard and it doesn't take that much time. And you'd be you'd be amazed at how much you can actually produce. And it's it takes a bit, takes a couple months, but then you're like, oh, my God, we've got 20 carrots and a huge thing of tomatoes and— it just it's it's a pain in the butt and it's not the most practical. But if you actually put in the time, you, you'd be amazed at what you can produce. And buy in bulk and go to farmers markets. And if you're going when you buy fruits and vegetables, go with thick-skinned options because they don't need to. It's you have less concern about organic. So for example, I'd rather you get oranges and grapefruits instead of raspberries, blueberries, and strawberries that aren't organic. And you can save money that way. And you can also buy frozen. That's gonna be fine that'll be that's just as okay as buying fresh right okay but you're you sound like you're doing a hell of a job, pal I mean a single mom <laughs> of two boys and and you're t- trying to take care of yourself and you sound like i mean I'm impressed
1: well, thank you. no, you have no idea how um you changed my life. I got your um unlimited books, I have my vision board going, Aww. and I try to inspire everyone around me um that you know you can change you there's so much i still struggle you know with certain things like you know looking in the mirror and this is something i'm hoping maybe on another day we can discuss but even though i know i'm changing because the scale so, my clothes says so, to my friends and everyone's see me they're like oh you look great how is it how the next question i'd like to have with you on another day is how do i get past looking at my fatter self even though i know i've changed
0: mm, yeah that's heavy um I feel compelled. Can I, can I, can Please, I, do we I have yeah, time? Yeah, okay, I, I'm going to answer it, to So, <laughs> this is something uh, that, it's almost, okay, let me give you an example. Have you ever spoke to somebody who's an alcoholic, and they, even though they're sober, they still say, I'm an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. Okay. But they're sober, Right. But right. they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm an alcoholic, and they're sober. Okay. Well, for those of us that have body image issues we still feel like I have body image issues. <laughs> so even though, or or eating issues or we use food in certain ways, we still have that even when we're being healthy, just like an alcoholic still is an alcoholic, even when they're sober. So I still call, I mean, I've often called myself a fat girl. I tried to stop it because it confused a lot of people. And they're like, well, if Jillian Michaels does that, how am I going to stop doing it? But I, I mean, I have all the habits of a fat girl. I chow my food. I hate leaving food on the plate. I mean, I've got all those issues that still stay with me. And, you know, there are moments when I look at parts of my body that I don't like, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's like, it's never going to be perfect. It's never. And then I try to I kind of talk myself out of it. But the reality is those issues are always going to kind of linger. But what you need to do is start thinking about the D who lost... How much? 37,
1: did you say? About almost 40, yes.
0: Okay. You need to start thinking about the new story because that whole dynamic of I'm this, I'm that, it's a story that you've identified with and allowed to define you. And while it is a part of who we are and it is something that we need to be mindful of so that we can manage these issues within ourselves... And find other things like, okay, we don't want to turn to food. We want to turn to this healthy behavior. Or, you know, we know it's a problem and so we plan ahead for those problems. At the same time, you have to begin to redefine your story. And that means really taking in, processing, and internalizing these new accomplishments. You need to really internalize, own, and identify with the woman that lost 40 pounds. You need to really stop and take credit for being a single woman that's raised two children. And let me tell you, I, (laughs) I, oh boy, do I appreciate that more than I ever possibly could. (laughs) The strength that you must have, my God, because I can't tell you, I have Heidi, I have her twin sister, Heather, is our, is our full-time nanny. I mean, not full-time, but she's with us five days a week. And we have the two grandmas that have helped us through the nights, and I, I'm like, we've got two kids and a host of help, and there's two of us, and I'm
1: still, <laughs> I'm still like, dear God, how do people do this? It
0: is insane. It's such a hard job. And, and
1: it's the joy at the end of the day, you
0: know? Oh, my God, it's the most rewarding thing on the planet, but it's hard. and And the reason I think it's so rewarding is because it's so hard. It really is. It's so hard, and it's like, it's a thing that you could be the most proud of, but it's something that is just so hard and it's filled with sacrifice and work. Being a parent, that's work, man. You work for it. And I have help with this job, a lot of help. And I mean, you're a single mom doing this with two boys? Yeah, you be- two boys. Woman, you better stop and just <laughs> give yourself, like, you better think you're a hero because I know now how truly amazing that is and how truly hard that job is and for you to do that and for you to have lost 40 pounds these are things that I need you to start thinking about how strong you are how competent you are how capable you are those are the things I need you to internalize not I'm the fat girl I'm the chubby girl do you want do you understand that's an old story so for you to start shifting your story you need to start focusing and and Redirecting the storyline. Okay. You got to start rebuilding the character development, and you How got. How are
1: you so amazing? Oh, <laughs> you bless got you! Ready to cry. Oh. This has been my life forever, but thank you so 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 much,
0: <laughs> honey. I'm I'm not. I I'm just giving you permission to people need permission that's all i do i give them information and then i give them permission to use the information because our society guilts us for putting ourselves first for taking care of ourselves we're taught to think it's selfish or it's self-serving and so sometimes people just need someone to be like no this is good you're doing the right thing because we we just need to hear that so we can take it in that's the only reason you're ready to cry is because i'm giving you permission to accept that truth and to let the old stuff go. And you're ready to do that. You're ready to do that. And that's all I'm doing is I'm just opening the door for you.
1: Man, thank you so much for your
0: time. It's my pleasure. Thank you for calling.
1: I appreciate it. Hopefully
0: I'll be here again. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, keep hitting us with your questions.
1: <laughs> I will.
0: All right, honey. Have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks, Janice. Bye,
2: D. Thanks for calling. All right. Have a wonderful
0: day. Two. Two boys. Single wow. mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh! I should have asked her what their ages were, but... Oh, God. Oh, my God. I Janice, I can't tell you what... You will have a whole new respect for... Whew, moms. Moms are warriors, dude. They are. They are warriors. It's a brutal job. So are dads, but... I get I, I think it's just parenting. You gotta you gotta mean it. You really do. What yeah.
2: no, I, I I'm not a parent. I can I, I can only I can only go from what I've seen and and, and you know what's
0: well, so funny, I was saying this is kind of off the subject, but I was saying to a friend of mine the other day, I was like, I can't understand how there are seven billion people on the planet because there's no way that three and a half billion people were cut out for this job. Do you
2: know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Or like, no, it's 14 billion. It's both of their parents. There's no way that 14 billion people were cut out for this job. It's too hard of a job. It really is. And there are moments where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm not cut out. I'm not good enough for this job. Like, there are parts of me that aren't up to snuff. And I look back at my other friends, and I don't know about you, but I have a lot of friends that actually hate their parents, which is a really sad Mm -hmm. thing to say. But, like, I've sat at dinners with my friends And eight of them hate their parents. Or they don't have any kind of relationship with them. Don't have any kind of relationship with them. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, okay, I don't have a relationship with my dad, but I do have a great relationship with my mom. But, like, another one of my friends hates her father. Another one of my friends hates both her parents. My other friend hates both her parents. My other friend hates her dad but thinks her mom is pathetic. Bob has no relationship with either one of his parents. And I feel I can say that because he's already talked about it on a Daily Dose episode. Uh, Even though his mother has passed away, he didn't have a relationship with either one of them. Like, I look at my friends Mm -hmm. and I'm terrified of my kids sitting around at that table saying to their friends, Ugh, I hate my parents. Ugh, my, you know, or whatever. My parents this, that, or the other. And I realize that even though you might not be cut out for the job, you didn't know you weren't cut out for the job when you had the kids. Right. <laughs> so, it's like trying to do a good job, trying to be a good mom. It's the I'll say it's the most challenging thing I've ever I've ever taken on.
2: But don't forget uh, uh, as there are that many people who are saying they don't have a relationship with their parents, there's just as many who are saying they do. Yeah. And there's just as many who cherish who who do who do forgive their parents or Ugh. have empathy for their parents. So, or love love them in spite of their their right. uh,
0: you know uh right. so, weak shortcomings.
2: So yeah, there there is a flip side.
0: There is a flip side. But boy, that's bad. Anyway, that was just props to D. Two boys on her own. She's yeah. a stud. Stud.
2: <laughs> All right. Hey, we should go. Should we go? Yeah, I think we should go. All right, I'll yeah. go. Bye yeah. bye. <laughs> bye bye. Elmo, Barbie, her purple baby blanket and that little matchbox. It looks just like dad's car. It's fast on the leather, pretends it's NASCAR. It jumps over Elmo, cause it can fly that far. With daddy in the front seat, fronting like a rap star. And girl, oh girl, daddy's the greatest. He knows the words to everything on the radio playlist. He fakes the accent, even makes all the faces. And when he raises his voice, it makes a